Hey, this is Sarah Olea, founder and CEO of Socialite. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Sarah Olea. Sarah is based in Los Angeles, California, and has an unparalleled history of successful marketing and public relation campaigns. Under the direction of Sarah, the careers of a blend of clients have been ignited from recording artists and authors to medical professionals and athletes. Sarah's passion for marketing and music promotions started when she began working with recording artists before graduating high school. I really look forward to hearing about that. In college, she worked in sales and management while continuing to help artists brand and market themselves. She combined her skills of marketing and sales to develop strategic marketing and PR campaigns. In 2014, Facebook constructed a business case study, including the work she accomplished as head of public relations and marketing for California-based shoe company. In 2017, Sarah left the freelancing business and launched her marketing company, Social Light LLC, with her partner, Melina Lloyd. The woman-owned business has over 24 clients in the entertainment and product industry. Out of the office, you can find Sarah in another office or meeting, literally, she's a slight workaholic. We have a lot in common, girlfriend, but finds joy in everything she does. She loves her four crazy dogs and will probably get another in the next year. Sarah is glorified fact checker and Google is her best friend. Her preferred music streaming app is Spotify and she loves podcasts. Hopefully mine make her list. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I'm really excited for you to hear today's conversation with Sarah. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you're tired of not hitting the levels of success that you need, want, and desire, if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business, if you just want more, if you're not making the income that you need, want, and desire, if you're ready to make shift happen, if you're tired of being tired and just wanting movement, please reach out to us at pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. Look, there's a quick application there that really is about needing a coach and looking to see how you think. And reality is there are a lot of different ways to create shift and happening in your life. It's just about you taking that first step. If you're ready, I look forward to talking with you. Sarah, welcome to the show. I love this. And I love everything you just said. Let's make shift happen. <laughs> Let's do it. Absolutely. I'm curious. You have quite the portfolio, girlfriend. Talk to me. It is very interesting. When I think back, you know, a lot of times people ask me, how did you get where you are now? And when I start to think about the story, I'm like, wow, it's kind of interesting how I got here, to be honest with you. But I think it's a combination, and this is what I love about what's so similar between you and I is we're always reinventing. Mm. We don't necessarily have to change or like reinvent the wheel, but like, how do we make it better? How do we stand out? And so when I started and having this passion for music, which really stemmed from my family, my dad was in a band, I've got drummers on both sides of my family, I played mm. instruments. It just felt like that's where I was supposed to be, but not on the stage, on the business side of it. 
But quickly you realize that uh, you're working with a lot of dreamers and dreamers are great, but they don't pay any of the bills. <laughs> <laughs> you have to turn it into cash. And right. so um, it, it became less about dreaming with the artists and more like taking their dreams and turning them into a reality and, and making money off of that. And, uh, and marketing was a big key to that. PR played a really big part of my life. A lot of people still think I'm a publicist and a PR and they call me or text me, hey, you still doing PR work? And I always tell them, I love PRs, great PRs, but the reality is, is that marketing and social media is where it's at. Mm. PR industry has, has taken a big dive and I'm happy that I did get out of it when I did and got more into marketing because mm -hmm. I am results driven. And with PR, you can send out hundreds of emails and pay someone to reach out on your behalf. But the reality is, is it doesn't always translate. But when you're in marketing, there's statistics and there's data and there's things to analyze and that really got me excited. And then moving, you know, taking that sales aspect. So when we talked about, you mentioned in my bio, being in sales in college, I worked at Verizon actually for four years and got a lot of good sales chops selling some cell phones, let me tell you. <laughs> um, and eventually started managing uh, stores and locations. And I thought, man, I, I love the creative, I love the marketing and I love the sales. And I put those together and kind of created this hybrid and um, eventually the freelance was great and being someone's employer was great, but I needed to branch out. And in 2017, I, I met the yin to my yang and um, my business partner, Melina, and I started Socialite and we couldn't be further different in people and further apart in, in pretty much every aspect of life. But that's what makes us so powerful in business. Nice. And our team is the same way. Nice, nice. So, so socialite. Tell me what socialite does, because because you seem to to really help a breadth of of different professionals. I I I've, the more I've gotten to know you, the more I realize that that you actually create influencers. Absolutely, yeah. And and the best part is that we create influencers based on a niche. And we can work with almost any niche. We've really adapted. You know, I always talk to my team about if, if our client is in a mariachi band, like you play the trumpet, you know, <laughs> fit in, fit in, let's, let's find a way. And, and it's hard sometimes because there's, there could be cultural differences. There could be um, theology differences. And so you have to kind of become that person almost when you're helping to create an influencer. Because what Socialite does is not just grow social media followers. Really, almost anyone can find a tool or a hack or a system to do that. Mm -hmm. What we do is we build a voice. And then whatever the, is the voice, we then build the audience around the voice. And what's even better is that when we compare ourselves to our, our competitors who are social media marketing companies, they either do one of, the, one, one of two things. They either grow or they post. Mm -hmm. They don't often do both. And when they do, if they do say that they do both, where they help you post and help you grow, they're maybe focused just on one niche. And so Socialite used to be a company that really focused mainly on entertainers and recording artists because that was my background. Mm -hmm. Then we started getting into apparel and, and apparel brought us into orthopedic uh, shoes and things. And then that brought us into medical. And then now we have a holistic dentist. I love to talk about her because all my products <laughs> have changed. <since laughs> every time she posts a new product, I'm the first one to buy it. Nice. Um, just, I, I guess every time we post her new her products, <laughs> buy them. Um, but that's, that's what it's been about is building a, a, an influencer based off of their audience and their niche and creating custom packages for that. And we also thrive off of being very affordable. You know, we have, there's a lot of our competition, people come to us and say, I spent $20,000 in marketing and, and I don't know what happened, you know, like, I don't know mm -hmm. where it went. Mm -hmm. um, and so we like to work with small companies, small businesses, entrepreneurs, all the way up to the big, big guys. And we can work with almost any budget as long as we can manage the client's expectations. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Socialite has been, has just created such an awesome, there's my dogs, has created <laughs> an awesome hybrid for social media and marketing. Nice. So are those your chief barking officers in the background? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they they want a voice in the company too, right? We all need a voice. And, you know, your influencers need that inspiration. Absolutely.
<laughs> nice. So, so as you can see, our podcast is all about real time and real life. And, you know, if Sarah was in a meeting right now on Zoom with the client, her chief barking officer obviously had something to say and wanted to be heard <laughs> on the podcast. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so, so what kind of dogs do you have? I, I have four dogs. I have a German Shepherd mix, a French Bulldog who's barking now, a Dotson Chihuahua, and a Pit Lab. So three rescues and one one little bred dog. <laughs> wow, wow. So we have we have two we have two. I lovingly call them mutts. One's a Spit mix that's like I don't know, probably twelve pounds. Um, he's a little senile and very blind and too old to have cataract surgery. So he just kind of bumps his way through the house and we attempt to not move anything. And, you know, the vet told us his heart's strong and he's happy as heck. So I'm, I'm going to let him stay happy. And then our other one is, uh, he's known as a King Golden Shepherd. So his mom was a King German Shepherd. And his dad was either a very dumb or very brave golden retriever, one or the oh, other. Yes, one of the other, yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jasper, Jasper's nine years old and weighs about 120 pounds and swears he's a lap dog and he's a big oh, wimp. Goodness. Oh my goodness, I have one of those too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have a two-part question for you. What, what does success mean to you? And what does success in, in social media mean to you? Ah, great question. Success to me is growth. Mm. And that could be growth in anything because some people's success is monetary growth, right? This, the increase in finances and residual income to other people, it's losing that 30 pounds. It's mm. that getting into the gym and getting in shape. So for me, it's about growing. If you ever feel like you're in a place where you're just stagnant, nothing's changing, nothing's shifting, nothing is exciting you anymore. You've stopped growing. Mm -hmm. So I feel that if you're always in a place of growth and maturity and learning, then you're succeeding. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my definition of success. And I think it's a very achievable one for people as well. Agreed. And, and in terms of social media, it's almost the same thing. It's that you're always growing your audience and your audience is growing you. So what that means is you may have your followers increasing week over week, but are your, are your pockets growing? Are your other offline social media things growing, whether it be your events or your webinars and things like that? So mm -hmm. I look at social media as it needs to be this kind of two-way street in you growing your audience and growing you know, what you're teaching them as an expert, and then you growing monetary, monetarily and also your client base. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's funny for me when I'm on stage, I, I refer to money a lot because the average household, the average person's about pre-COVID, about four to six hundred shy a month in, in money. You know, today in in the middle of, of this pandemic, I suspect it's significantly more. And just because I, I say money, I refer to money and I reference money doesn't mean that's how I define success for me. Success is showing up in a state of excellence to be the best version of you every second of every minute of every hour of every day. That's success. That's a key. So being in social media and, and you, you do both online and offline. You just so happen to specialize in social media, correct? That's right. Mm -hmm. So, so you've probably seen an immense amount of changes. It, because of the pandemic, <laughs> what, what advice can you give someone navigating marketing and social media today? Yeah, two things. One, don't give up. Hmm. I'm in a social media, I mean, I own a social media marketing company and I feel like I'm training myself every three weeks at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, two weeks before the election happened, Instagram notified us and said, hey, by the way, that one feature that you really love that grows your accounts and your engagement, yeah, we're going to disable that until further notice. And Ouch. Right. And that was hashtags, you know, based on how people were finding, finding information and misinformation. Mm -hmm. oh, so we're always retraining ourselves. But don't give up. Don't be discouraged by that because it's the same in business. You know, you might have the same number of clients for months and then you hit this spike. 
So don't get discouraged by social media. And then the second thing is be willing to get outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I remember having a client, she never wanted to do Instagram stories. Her manager would beg her, please do Instagram stories. You're, you're falling behind the curve. She's mm -hmm. like, this doesn't make sense to me. We finally got her doing some, and now we can't get her off of doing Instagram stories. <laughs> you know, every time I talk to a client, like, I don't want to get on TikTok. It's for 13 year olds. And I'm like, just try it. They get on TikTok. This client I'm speaking about in particular in her 60s gets on TikTok, now has three million, uh, I think it's like three or four million views and a hundred, couple hundred thousand followers. Um, so it's like, okay, well, it kind of made sense now, right? right? So never be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. And uh, it's hard to keep up with all the platforms, but I tell people just have a, a presence there. Don't necessarily worry about being massive, exploding on every platform, but just have a voice there, have a have a presence so people can find you if they're there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've noticed that that there's this social media overwhelm right now because people people went from a, a mixture of offline and online to 100 percent online because of the pandemic. Yeah. And it was like there was so much noise that people started actually shutting down. I mean, I know a lot of people that were just like, I'm off social media now. I'm, I just, what obstacles are you navigating for your clients because of all that noise? To be honest with you, it's actually spiked our business because <laughs> two things happened. One, people said, oh shoot, I'm not on social media and I can't be outdoors and I can't go to events mm -hmm. and I need to trans translate my in-person to Zoom meetings, which I need to promote on social media. So we started getting a flood of phone calls of people saying, okay, I, I see the benefit now. Mm -hmm. Sign me up. The other end of it was, yeah, people are like, I don't want to post. I, I don't want to, I don't want to see the stuff. I don't want to get overwhelmed. Um, so what that allowed us to do is to come in and to be a little bit more hands-on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and take that stress off that pressure off of them. And we've found that clients tell us every day, even on a meeting today, like I see the benefit just in not having to be as hands-on as I was before. Nice. So those are some great benefits that we have seen during the pandemic for sure. Yeah. What do you what do you think about the the social media do it yourself? And and I have my opinion, which is why I'm asking. Yeah. Um, I so I'm a do-it-yourself girl about everything. I mean, if mm -hmm. I could bottle my own kitchen, I would be doing it. So, <laughs> you know, that's how I started this social media marketing company. I didn't go to like a social media university. I just started doing it myself and, mm -hmm. and found the tricks of it. And I think everyone should, but I think you have to ask yourself a question is does it make more sense for me to hire someone to do it for me that that does this as their job and you spend time building and doing the other parts of your business you're good at mm -hmm. or does it make sense for you to do it yourself i was i'm i was once upon a time a startup i couldn't hire necessarily a graphic designer and, and a videographer and a photographer like i have now mm -hmm. i had to like make graphics on canva and do stuff in my own little photoshop 2.0 skills you know um, but now I have a team that does all of that. So yeah, in the beginning, you have to do some stuff on your own and find the resources, read the blogs and read the guides. But I tell people, if you're not really interested in marketing or social media, don't waste your time because you're mm -hmm. going to spin your wheels. And by the time you get it, something changed and you got to relearn it. So I'm a fan of do it yourself when it's necessary and when it doesn't cost you more than your efforts putting in. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, being someone that, that definitely had to bootstrap business, not once, but twice, I, I believe that, that there is a level of, of having to, to DIY things. I also know what I'm good at, and I also know what I am not good at. And for me to do something that I'm not good at would take 10 times longer than for me to hire someone who that's what they do. And reality is, it, it, it's like one of the things that, that, that people compromise is bookkeeping. You know, it's like they'll do their own book, bookkeeping instead of hiring a bookkeeper. Well, for one, Excel spreadsheets is not bookkeeping. And two, if you try to navigate QuickBooks and do your own books, well, to do one journal entry would take you an hour. It would take a bookkeeper five minutes. That's so how much did you just cost yourself? 
And the same with social media. If you're making all of these posts and only five people are seeing it, then how much time did it take you to make that meme? Absolutely right. So for me, I decided a long time ago, if I'm good at it, I'm going to do it. If I'm not good at it, I'm going to figure out how to hire it. It's not a matter of I can't afford it. It's a matter of what am I going to do to make it so I can afford it. Absolutely. We have to know the value of ourselves too. I had an amazing um, business coach not too long ago who was a client of ours as well, Brett Lockett. So shout out to him. I'll definitely make sure he's listening to your podcast. I know he's going to be a fan of it. Uh, former NFL player as well. So a lot of different experience. But what he used to talk to me about is like, Sarah, what are you worth an hour? What are you worth an hour? And, and once I started to look at, well, what am I worth an hour? What do I want to make an hour? That's how I was able to justify if I was going to spend time on doing that or not. Yep. Reality is this. There are virtual assistants. There are online freelancers. There are students. There are interns. There are so many people out there willing to get their hands dirty and learn it at a much lower cost. And to me, I value my time. Mm. I tell people that now, like I value my time more than I value money. And mm -hmm. so I am willing to spend the money to get something done if it's going to alleviate me time to do something else. I think it's a difference between spending or investing. I, I mean, I, I think people spend money at Starbucks. I think people invest money in growing their business. Just my humble opinion. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, I'm really curious, how, how has failure contributed to your success? You know, <laughs> one of the things I really failed at in the beginning was hiring every and anyone and thinking, you know, someone once gave me an opportunity and I thrived in that opportunity. I want to give people an opportunity. But what I found is that you can hire the right person and put them in the wrong position and fail. Yeah. You can hire the wrong position and put them in or the wrong person and put them in any position and fail. And as a young business owner, hiring people, that was something I wasn't used to doing. I mean, when you're at Verizon, you know, you, somebody gives you a resume, you're like sales experience, you do a couple tests, boom, you're hired. But it's <laughs> someone else's expense. Right. And I've had it to where I'm investing in building someone's knowledge and, and all these things. And then they're like, they take off or they don't work out. And so part of the, the failure for me has been understanding how to build a team, how to be a good leader and a manager. But because I failed at doing that for the first year, year and a half of my business, now I have a team that is truly like, a, they look like a miracle to me. I mean, the, the text messages, the working, I have one employee, I, I checked her clock in the other day and I'm like, you clocked out way early. And she's like, yeah, because, you know, I was kind of just doing whatever. And I was just still working and watching TV. So I didn't bill you, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clock out. I didn't clock out for that. I'm like, what? And she's a W2 employee, keep in mind. Right. <laughs> Where does that even happen? You know? And right. I'm like, okay, so legally I'm going to still pay you that, <laughs> but, I, but just for someone to have the heart to say, I want to invest in your business and your company. Mm -hmm. And so that took these, these years of failing at doing it wrong, being a poor manager, not communicating well enough thinking that the way that I learn is how everyone else learns, mm -hmm. you know? So I had to take some step back, lose money, um, not take on clients so that I can develop myself as a leader of the business and as a manager. And I'm still growing. That doesn't change. I have a book right here that I'm reading called the five love languages of the workplace, you know, how to communicate <laughs> to people correctly. Uh, so, you know, I got the audio book. Um, but yeah, that I would say that my failure turned into experience and growth and that uncomfortable period to then have a team that I value and have so much, we're seeing so much success, mm -hmm. uh, which, which then it translate how you pitch your services. It's hard to pitch your services when you know your team's not strong, yeah. but when you have a strong team you kind of go out there with some guts and say, I guarantee these things, you know, because you know, who's standing behind you. Mm -hmm. So, um, Failure is a key part, in my opinion, in business. And, and I, I don't know the statistics. You might know it better than I do, but it's like most small businesses don't make it past their third year and then, then their fifth year. You know, there's these different kind of timelines they look at. So every time we hit that benchmark, I'm like, yes, we didn't give up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been in business? We just hit, we're about to hit four years. Nice, nice. So, so those statistics last I heard, and, and keep in mind, this is all pre-COVID, 97% uh, of the businesses that open uh, close within their first year. Yeah, wow. 
And then that remaining 3%, that remaining 3%, 90% of them close within the first three years. And out of the remaining of that 3%, less than 1% of them achieve wealth. And wealth is defined as a million dollars passive income a year. Nice. Yeah. Scary statistics, which actually leads me to a perfect conversation. It, it, it reminds me of the conversation you and I had when we first talked. And you said that social media has skewed the definition of success. I want you to take this lead on this conversation because the way you said it was brilliant and it had to do with followers versus ROI. Absolutely. Well, I I always tell people a hundred thousand followers, some people value more than a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah. Now people like you and I, we can turn a hundred thousand dollars into quite, you know, a lot more money than a hundred thousand. People view these hundred thousand followers as, whoa, this is gold. Now I also see the benefit in that because when you have a hundred thousand active, engaged followers, there's chances for you to turn that into a hundred thousand dollars with brands, you know, partnerships and ROI and stuff. But I find a lot of people call me and just say, I want a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> no idea what they're going to sell them, what they want to offer, what they want to give them. Yeah. I want a hundred thousand followers. I want a blue check mark. I want to be verified. And it, it's, it's created this, 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 this whole like perspective of that's success. Yeah. That's what I need to achieve. It's no longer a college education and a, and a 401k and you know, it's a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> and me being in social media, you think that I would be like championing that because I know mm-hmm. how you can turn that into money. But the reality mm-hmm. is, is that I also find a lot of experts on social media and I, and the audience doesn't see me quoting experts. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> um, Air quotes. <laughs> uh, experts, um, because they have a hundred thousand followers. People just automatically think they're an expert at what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's created kind of these voices that maybe really shouldn't ha- be heard at this time because mm-hmm. maybe they're not as informed and educated, right? right. Um, but it's such a skewed thing for sure. And, and so when I meet people like yourself who are very successful in your business and then there's this, you're translating it all into digital, to me, it's like, okay, that's the benefit because you have the thing to sell them and you have the experience. Versus the person that comes and says, <clears throat> I don't know what I want to sell my audience. I just want an audience. So, but it, it's, it's, in, it's just insanity to me that the value of social media followers and what I tell people, again, I own a marketing company and can get people to hundred K and I make money off of doing that. Mm-hmm. But what I look at is, you know, one day Instagram could say they don't want to be in business anymore. And now what? Facebook. Yeah can decide to censor everything you see and everything you post and everything you do, which we're already seeing, you know, then what? Mm-hmm. You need to have a plan to take your followers off of Instagram and put them in a seat at your event, to mm-hmm. put them on a roster, to put them on an email, to put them, if you don't have a plan for that, you're, you're basically wanting to live the Hollywood smoke and mirrors life. Yeah. And it won't translate to much, but heartache. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I personally know a YouTube influencer who also just so happens to be very large on Instagram as well. And uh, she makes less than 35,000 a year. Wow, see? And she's influencing, educating people. Her topic isn't success. However, it gives the illusion of that because she has hundreds and thousands of followers. Her and I have had multiple conversations about this. And she goes, you know what? I, one thing went viral. It was one thing that went viral. And we laugh because people either talk it or they walk it. And typically the people who walk it rarely will talk it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) What, um, What's the best advice that you can give someone who's either just starting out or, or hasn't really achieved success, both in business and in marketing? And, we'll, and, and I'll even go as far as saying social media, because I, I truly believe that, that you've got an immense amount of advice to share in both aspects. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to navigate your question a little bit even to your audience as well, as I know there's there are a lot of entrepreneurs or young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or business owners. So, so speaking business owner to business owner, mm-hmm. um, I think the most important thing is to first identify the, the project that you have in front of you. So whether that means you become the project manager or you have a project manager and lay out each and every step. I think what happens is we get so excited. We get this rush of, I need to be on social media and I need to post this five times a day. And, and, and everyone's saying, this is what I should do. Mm-hmm. I tell people, hold on, take a step back and find out what is look at A to Z. Before we start jumping into the random parts of the alphabet, let's look at the beginning and let's look at the end. And then we can determine what are all the steps. I have a lot of people that come to me and say, I'm on every platform, Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, they name them all off. And it's like, okay, how successful? I don't know. I just post on them all the time. (laughs) And and their audience is literally only on YouTube, Uh wasting all this time creating all this content on all these platforms. And your audience is only on YouTube. So I I tell everyone that I speak with now, I just had a conversation today with someone about project management. Take a step back, look at the whole playing field. It's just like if you're in sports and you're going to put together all the plays of the game or all the different scenarios, do that. I I also like to talk to people about options. Know your options too. Like when you're talking about hiring someone, you know, talking about doing a marketing plan, what are your options in that marketing plan? So I, I just tell people, take a step back, look at everything, all the goals, all the dreams, all the plans, and then start executing it step by step. Mm-hmm. Don't just start throwing a bunch of darts at the dart, dart board, hoping that one is going to get stuck and land. Um, because it, just like you were sharing those percentages of, of businesses, right? 1% of that 3% sees wealth. It's the same thing with social media. Mm-hmm. You, one per, I would say less than 1% ever goes viral. So if if you're not just going to go viral just off of a whim, then let's make a plan to grow you into becoming viral. Let's Mm -hmm. create a plan to build that audience. And the first thing is just taking a step back and looking at everything. And it's honestly the easiest concept. Some people do it through vision boards. They do it through whiteboards. They write it all out. They create a Google spreadsheet or something. Just list it all out. And then it's always good to talk with somebody that does what you're attempting to do or somebody who works with people that do that. So if I was wanting to start a new business, I would call you and say, hey, you've, I know you already started this business. What were some, you know, ask those questions and then dive into it. I find way too many business owners and, and we have some clients like this as well. They call me and they're like, I had six consultation calls today with six different businesses and I want to work with all of them. This person does that and this person does that. And I'm like, hold on. (laughs) And and I'm looking at the budgets and I'm like, you're paying two people to do the same thing here. Mm -hmm. You're doing two people to do the same thing here. And you're you're wasting 2,000 here, 3,000 here, 4,000 here, Mm -hmm. paying people to do the same thing. Nice. So take a step back and look at the whole plan. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, so... I hear people say frequently because of COVID and because of the pandemic that that they're I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your air quotes and say they're networking in social media. <laughs> <laughs> and I, your laugh just just told me how in alignment we are. <laughs> so 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 share with me what what's the difference between networking and social media for you? Absolutely. Social media is like getting one of those little horns, those little, you know, what are they called? Bullhorns. Bullhorns and just being, I'm here and I'm in business. <laughs> You're just letting people know, right? Uh-huh. That's what social media is. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a you know, feed or a post or you're just posting information. Mm-hmm. Networking is getting on the phone with someone. What do you do? What do I do? Let's build a relationship. How do I make you money? How do you make me money? And then if it, social media gets intertwined in that, then it's, okay, I'm going to promote your business on social media. You promote mine. And there's this cross-marketing that goes on. If we think about networking when before COVID, we were going to a place dressed in some nice attire. We had a couple stack of business cards in our pocket. Our cell phone was ready to get contacts. And we were introducing ourselves to people and having small conversations here and there like speed dating. Social media is a completely flooded 
oversaturated place where if you think you're going to network by just putting out a post and telling people what you do, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily networking. And we all have been, I love LinkedIn, but we've all been on LinkedIn, LinkedIn and been completely spammed by so many people. Yep. That's not necessarily networking either. That's, that's just not social media marketing either. It's not, it's not. <laughs> that's just, you, you know, you're just, it's a sales strategy. It's a lead generation tool, right? But it's not networking. To mm -hmm. me, networking is truly looking at the benefit between two people and having a conversation with them. So I do laugh when I, when I talk to people and they're like, I'm posting all day on social media. This is how I network because they just think social media network. They put those two things together, but they're not understanding that they're very different styles of how you do it. They're different on your approach. Um, one again is amplifying and notifying. And then one is actually building relationships. Mm -hmm. So, so can you expound on that and share with me what you would consider a valuable networking tip with social media and with people not really being in live events, how can they actually network in a social media environment? The best thing that I have found is using, well, right now they're on pause hashtags, but mm -hmm. looking at specific hashtags or looking at people who follow people and connecting with them. I love Facebook groups. I love Facebook groups because some of them are very tailored. Like I'm in a, in a women empowerment business group. So mm -hmm. women business owners, and I'm probably in 50 groups. I'm in French bulldog groups, you know, I just, <laughs> you guys feeding your dogs, you know? And so when you're in those groups, that gives you the opportunity to be able to actually build a relationship and network with people. So that's mm -hmm. how you can use social media to network is through those groups, finding like-minded people. And also, um, I believe in sowing and reaping, doing for others and, and, and getting that in return. Mm -hmm. So if you find someone's business that you really like, put the effort in to promote them mm -hmm. on your social media, and then they promote you. And it kind of builds this cross-marketing campaign where you've networked with that person, they're introducing you to their audience, you're introducing them to, their, to your audience. And that's kind of how I can also see this intertwined within social media posts and then networking or introducing other people. Mm -hmm. And then more people come to you because they're like, hey, I want to be in front of her audience. And so then they start promoting you and you start promoting, you know, you and I both know people in the networking business that do that very well. Yep. And, you know, others that kind of just spin their wheels. Mm -hmm. So it's important to find, you know, the space to do it. Yeah, there, there are people out there that, that walk their talk and there are people out there that spray and pray and show up and throw up. <laughs> Great. Great, right. <laughs> straight on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel like I've been thrown up on, but yes. <laughs> so so what what do you think is more important for an entrepreneur? Skill set or mindset and why? Mindset. And I say mindset because you can build the skills. Our mind is one of the hardest things to conquer in our entire lives. The mind is the definition between beating cancer and losing to it. Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, your, your mind has the ability to tell you I'm sad and I'm not sad. And obviously we're not talking about like chemical imbalances and different right. things like that. We're talking right. about making the decision that this has positively or negatively affected me. And then how am I going to, you know, react to that or respond to that? So for me, I didn't have much skill in a lot of things that I did, but I had this mind that told me I'm strong enough and I'm willing enough to go out there and learn. And that's why my bio, which actually my business partner wrote, she said, I'm a, I'm a glorified fact checker, which by the, by the way, this is pre fact checking on social media right? and, um, and Google's my best friend because there's someone out there that has the skill already. Mm -hmm. Let me either find them to hire them and do it or let me learn from them. But if I don't have the mindset or and the ability to say, I'm going to go out there and do it, mm -hmm. it I can sit on skill all day long. It'll mm -hmm. just, it'll just, you know, make me fat and I'll just sit on the skill. And just <laughs> sit on the skill and it'll grow the scale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and it doesn't mean that skill is not important. If we're talking about a singer, we're talking about a musician, mm -hmm. Obviously, you can have a mindset and, and be really out of tune and never make a good song. Um, but 
if we look at even the pair between skill set and mindset there, some people yeah. have a lot of skill, but don't have the mind to go out and conquer and do it. Yeah. So to me, the, the mindset comes first. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's funny because I, I think when it comes to success in marketing and success in, in social media marketing and just success in general, mindset holds people back so much. I mean, mindset just so happens to be part of my specialty. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I believe success is 90% mindset, 10% skill set. That's just my humble opinion. I, I just, I, I know that that this thing crops up, you know, it, it's been labeled as imposter syndrome. And, and I, I, I would venture to guess that you as an expert in social media marketing, you see that is probably one of the things that, that hold people back the most is the itty bitty shitty committee right before they hit record on the video goes, wait, you look fat. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say come on, who's going to really listen? I mean, I swear what goes on in our mind is a complete depiction of Pixar's Inside Out. <laughs> you know, there's just this little mean bully, uh, the, the bully in the brain pushing all these buttons, triggering the itty bitty shitty committee mm -hmm. to have a meeting to sabotage you on moving forward. Yes. Well, I, I know a coach that actually teaches on this. I mean, this is, she's, meets with business owner and, and teaches on this and talks about how we self-sabotage ourselves all the time. And, and that's why I do believe that the mindset is, is the number one thing. I mean, when I hire some of my employees, I don't hire them off of their skill or off of their experience. Mm -hmm. It's when I talk to them, they have a, this either persuasive attitude or they have this confidence or they have things you can't teach people. And it's something that they have clicked into their mind. And, and oftentimes those people also can fall in really quickly because they may be really excited, but they're judging themselves based off of their accomplishments. And so what happens when you hit that space where you're not accomplished is then everything fall. Mm -hmm. So I think the power of, of renewing our mind, the power of keeping our mind focused on the plans and the dreams and the desires that we have is so important. And, and I'm, my business partner is way better at self-care than I am. I mean, she'll text me and say, I need a vacation where me, I'm like, if I take a vacation, I'm going to need a vacation. So let me, <laughs> you know, we're very different in that, but I'm learning the balance with myself too, is because if this isn't working, how do I help other people? How do I employ other people? How do I lead a team? My mind has to be working. And so I'm, I'm learning the balance for myself too. And so I think it's the, the most important thing in getting a business. If you know you're the type of person that, like you said, every time you go to press the record button, that little thought in the back of your head says, stop and don't do it. Mm -hmm. I would say either A, learn to overcome that and push through that. Or maybe it is that you partner with someone else that has the ability to be able to take that. And, and maybe you can do some, some of the other things, right? Um, but I, I challenge everyone to get in the right mindset. Hmm. I love that. What, what's the, the biggest win that you've ever had in business? What is the biggest win? It's hard because, you know, initially you want to think of the monetary wins, right? You know, you, you think of that big deal you signed and, and, and whoa, I never had that much money in my bank account before. But when I think about the stuff that sticks with me forever, I think about the recording artists that had no followers, no music out and signed a recording deal. And the day they're signing their deal, they're thinking about, I'm going to buy my mom a house. I'm going to buy my mom a car. And they're crying and saying, thank you for believing in me. Nice. And it's not just that one, the one artist I'm thinking about in particular, but I have a lot of clients that I have conversations with and they're like, wow, I didn't think I could do this. Thank you for believing in me. And, and a lot of times it's like, you know, I didn't necessarily even believe in them. I gave them the encouragement to believe in themselves and then they did it. So for me, I've always been quite a helper and I found a lot of, like I, it helped me to help people because it was this like, oh man, it feels good to be needed and then to help them succeed, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's a, a give and a take because you can also be a helper and give too much. I've, yep. I've been down that road as well. 
But yeah, to me, I think the biggest win is that the biggest win is getting the phone call and saying, Hey, I just want to let you know, like you, you told me to go for this and I did it and, and I succeeded actually just yesterday, someone posted and said, this girl has no idea how much she has inspired me and loves me. And they did this thoughtful post. And I'm like, are you serious? You know, it was like one, a couple of conversations, you know, but those are the big wins for me because we never know. You could talk to someone and have no idea where they are in their life. They're about to give up their business. They're about to give up file for bankruptcy. They're about to commit suicide. I mean, this can go deep and this could be surface level, but it, your one conversation with them can change the whole trajectory of their life. Yeah. And so I, for me, those are the wins, whether it's a client or someone I just consulted, because we, we often just do consulting for people, mm-hmm. but they'll come back three months later and said, okay, I, I took me a while, but I listened to you and I did it. And I want to show you what I did, you know? And I'm like, yes, you know, I have a client publishing a book and, and she told me, um, I don't think this is going to happen. There's no way. I mean, all her stuff was just negative, negative, negative. And I was very blunt with her. And I said, yeah, it's never going to happen. And she's like, what? I needed you to encourage me. I said, it's never going to happen. If you keep saying it's never going to happen. Nice. So I need you to change your mindset. I need you to change you saying it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she hit a, a tough spot. I mean, there were deals getting pulled from her money. She was losing money and she's like, it's never going to happen. And now she's like, I got publishers coming from every direction and they're ready. And I've got this book and this book and this catalog. And they're like, yes. And all it was was me telling her what she didn't want to hear, but she had to face herself. Nice. I love that. You know, I really love that, that you've attached your definition of a big win to a a servant leader heart. I really do. Because for me, you're right, it's it's far from the monetary gain. It's being able to sit back and, and, and just embrace the success of the lives that, that have touched you and trusted you to to help them and move them. I, I love that. Absolutely love that. So, so when it comes to marketing, when it comes to well, that PR word, advertising, social media marketing. What's the balance between confidence and arrogance? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, confidence is, is, is knowing yourself and understanding the parts and the strong parts mm-hmm. and being confident in these are the areas that I'm not great at and I will seek help in those areas. These are the areas that, I'm, that I am great at. And so when you go into a marketing plan, you need to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Don't say you're the best shoe in the entire world when you know that there are some weak parts in that shoe design that you build, right? Mm-hmm. But you can say, we're one of the most comfortable. We're one of the best. And so when we, you know, we can look at our current president and we can say, wow, there's a lot of arrogance there. And if he had just toned it down a little bit, you know, and so it's a lot about how we say things. So he may be really confident, but don't push the limit that it now is arrogant. And nobody's attracted to it. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing advertising copy, it's the same thing. I don't like seeing things like we're the best because my first thing is like, really prove it. And when you're in a place where you always have to be proving yourself, mm-hmm. you're never really turning a profit. You're, you're constantly spinning your rules to prove yourself. But if you say something like nine out of 10 of my clients say that I'm the best, Nine at it. So it's that copy. And that's where I think that the arrogance and the confidence work. We can talk about Gary V. A lot of people are like this guy is so arrogant and vulgar and I can't watch his stuff, you know. But the reality is, is he has a, a high level of confidence mm-hmm. and he has no problem putting it all out there and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And you'll say he'll say a lot about how you become the best, how we become the best, how I did it. He doesn't just sit up there and have his arms crossed and like, I'm going to make you a million dollars and I'm the best at what I do. (laughs) He has like these real blunt conversations with people. That to me is confidence. There's other people that I won't mention because that one may, I hope they'd be a client one day, but I, you know, I can help change the arrogance to uh, something a little bit more relatable, but I do watch some of these and and they, they just keep talking about like, we're going to make you millionaires overnight, you know? And it's like, we just had a whole conversation about mindset. That you can't determine if that person becomes a millionaire overnight, if that person's mindset's bad. So you're yeah. actually selling something, hoping that somebody 
has the right mindset for that, but you don't actually know that. Mm. So I think when it comes to um, marketing yourself or your brand or your company, use the right language. Um, it's, it's all science. It's all been done before. Read the statistics. People like reviews. People like proof. People like being reassured and secured. So use that copy. And then when you're actually going into doing the campaign, it's the same thing. Don't be overly aggressive in only advertising and do no branding. Don't be overly mm -hmm. aggressive in branding and do no, no, do no advertising because you're confident in one area, not another. I think it's important to do a combination of both and, and not be afraid to test and spend money. And then when it works, now you put the gas on it. Now you can be a little arrogant and cocky because it works and you can do it. You can put the effort there. But, um, you know, it's, it's stages, I would say. Mm -hmm. And and I think once you've de defined that something's working, it's still not arrogance because it's confidence in your methods. And if it is working, it's not spending money. You've invested money to 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 get a return on your investment. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely. You, you, you know, for me, I, I I see that that typically, well. A few points you you brought up the the, the companies that, that say I can make you a millionaire. Reality is, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to you know my my forte is neurolinguistics programming. I I've been studying neuroscience and the study of excellence in human behavior for well over twenty five years, wow. and you know so yes I am a mindset specialist. I just so happen to also be a very good business coach because I've built very successful businesses. I say all of that to say coaching and training and speaking is never a do to process. It isn't, it's a do with process, you know, because we can't make anyone do anything they don't wanna do or believe they can do or wanna partake in the process of. I have people that come up to me all the time and go, oh, will you NLP me? And I'm like, ew, do I need a condom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, reality is NLP is a do with, it's far from a do to. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, when people say we're the best, best is a comparative. And, and when it comes to descriptions, when it comes to making a statement, you want to avoid comparatives because if you throw a comparative out to me, like we're the best, I'm going to say compared to what? Roller skating? Meh. <laughs> Going to the beach? Meh. That's that proving, right? Yeah. 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 You know, it, 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 it becomes this compare to me what it is you're referring to. I love the fact that, that, that you brought up the, what is it? The dentine commercial, four out of five dentists recommend this gum. Right. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, so welcome to the signature question of our show. And that is, Sarah, what is selling without selling mean to you? Oh, I love it. To me, selling without selling is building the relationship where people want to just give you the money. They're like, I trust you. When I was building my sales teams at Verizon, I would tell people, people buy off of trust mm. and value. So you have to build the value, but they also have to trust you. It's not always a good deal. Starbucks is not the cheapest coffee and you have to wait in line to get it and mm -hmm. you pay a high price for it, mm -hmm. but you're paying for the experience and the quality and we have learned to trust them. So if you have a value and your clients trust you, it's no longer selling. Mm -hmm. It's just a transactional, just transfer, right? You just, yeah. I pay you and I get from you. And so it doesn't feel like this pressure of selling. I, and I remember what that felt like. I remember what it felt like to have, you know, I got to sell hundred phones this hour and I got to sell 50 phones the next hour. And that's the pressure of selling. But what I built with my teams was when you're talking to a customer, find out what do they value. Don't just open up your mouth and start spitting out a bunch of stuff. This is the best phone right here because it has GPS and navigation and a phone. You're just spitting stuff out. Mm -hmm. Find out what they do. So what do you do for work? Oh, I'm a truck driver. Oh man, you're going to love this phone. 
because of the value, da, da, da. And guess what? I'm going to give you my personal cell phone number. So when you're on the road and there's a glitch happening, you give me a call, a text, a FaceTime, and I'll help you through it. Mm-hmm. So now you went from just spitting out a bunch of reasons why someone should buy because it's a good deal and it's a good price, which is salesy and people really don't like that. Yeah. You switched it into building a value that applies to that person's life. And then you're saying you can trust me and here's how. Yeah. So that that's that's it for me. <laughs> no, I love it. It's about it's about stepping into someone's map of reality so that you can speak into their listening. Yeah. See, it it's about it's about making sure that you have done all of the inner work. So everything that you deploy outerly really works. And if you if yeah. you're so caught up in your minutia, your crap, your itty bitty committee shit, all you're doing is projecting that outward. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So welcome to the random round, Sarah. See, <laughs> I, I believe that success leaves clues, right? And, and our listeners, I like to extract golden nuggets because when, when people hit a level of success, you know, we, we only interview six and seven figure income earners on our show and they have encountered a journey. You've encountered a journey to get where you're at. So I like to ask very specific questions so that our listeners can extract what resonates with them and then apply to self. Because I believe that that when we exercise a, a skill called modeling, we can achieve things in half the amount of time the experts have have taken to achieve it, Absolutely. right? So, so I'm really curious. Um, you've already told me that. Well, you've actually told all of us that you're a workaholic and you don't decompress. So, how do you recharge? How how do you stay charged? That's so good. I find quiet time and. Mm-hmm. You know, people like to like quantify the amount of time, right? Like, oh, I need a week off. For me, sometimes there's a 15 minute break and I'm mm-hmm. just literally by myself. And that's the moment. And, and I do, I, I have a great relationship with the Lord. I love God. And for me, it comes down to like, let me just have this moment with him. If I believe that he created the universe and he can turn my 15 minutes into filling my 15 hours. And so I've, I just find that time. And, and for me, sometimes it's enough and sometimes it's not, you know, I'm already thinking about, man, I want to be on an island somewhere as soon as this COVID's over, <laughs> mm, yeah. but that doesn't mean, what, what do you do when you're in the hustle and bustle? What do you do when you're working, you know, a nine to five, or in my case, sometimes a, a five to five, you know, <laughs> um, what do you do? And so for me, it's just, okay, let me just step away from the computer, mm. step away from the phone and just take that moment. And, and I, I tell you, I was really bad at it. I mean, I, I couldn't go to the bathroom without having my phone in front of me or looking at something, tweeting something, reading something, right? <laughs> but the reality is we have to take that silent time. Mm-hmm. It's not even just like, let me play some music and run the vacuum for a few minutes. Like, no, sit on the floor, lay on the floor if you need to, and just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I have my phone set on do not disturb. And I also have alerts on now where it says you spent too much time doing something on your phone. And it notifies me. Oh, wow. Because I have to check myself. When you're a workaholic and you thrive in working and you love working, it's hard to turn off because you enjoy it so much that it feels like you're not stressing yourself. But in reality, like your eyes are getting stressed. Your fingers are getting stressed, right? Mm -hmm. So just find that quiet time. I love it. I love it. So so I loved your answer so much that I've got a couple more for you. (laughs) So, so... If you could sit on the park bench with someone, anyone, past or present, who would that be and why? Wow. Um, wow. When you said it, I don't know why, but like several people popped in my head from Michael Jackson to Martin Luther King to Jesus. And so- nice. <laughs> that would be a heck of a park meeting. <laughs> that would be one heck of a park meeting. You know, but when I think about even those three, you know, Michael Jackson, just the success and yeah working from age five till the day he died and and how much can we take from that how much when you're in the you're you're someone who's a pop star you sing on stage and people cry watching you but then people ridiculed you for the the certain things that 
were accused of you and, and we saw him go through that, did those different trials. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to have a mindset. He had to have a skill set and a mindset to get through all of that. Yeah. And, and I, the way that he passed was so sad, I think, for the whole world that I, that I would, would even want to talk to him about his darkest moments. Yeah. Um, I think we can learn from the dark moments, you know. Um, Martin Luther King, I think about just of what's been happening even our, in our own nation and his face yeah. comes up so, so much. But he was a centered, centered man. He was yeah. able to say that I love people, but there's injustice, but we can love through injustice. Um, and we can look past the, the person and look at really what you're dealing with, you know. And so having a conversation with someone whose face will be shown for generations and generations um, and understanding the pressures of that. Um, and also, you know, what are some of the things he didn't get to see that, that he wished that he saw that we could still do now, you know? And, and for me, I, I said, you know, I love God and, and I love Jesus and just them and say, how did you do it? You know, yeah. how did yeah. you do it? Um, how can I make things happen in three days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to sit there and, and, and pick the brain of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. but when I talk about quiet time maybe that's what that is you yeah know? maybe that's your park bench yeah that's my park bench okay my last my last question in the random round for you and I'm really excited to hear this answer is what is your favorite word and why Ooh. okay well I'm just going to go off of the word that popped right into my head it comes from a scripture Romans 12 2 that says be not conformed to this world mm-hmm but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Mm. that you may prove what is perfect, uh, the perfect will of God. And I know I messed that last part up, but uh, the renewing was the word that stuck out. I love the word renew. And I think it becomes a daily word for me because when I think of renew, what does that mean? Or renewing, it means it's this constant thing of us transforming this mind. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm in an argument, I'm a debater. I like to challenge people. I'm learning who I can and cannot do that with. (laughs) But there's a renewing happening in that process. How does this person digest this information? Can I challenge them? Can I have a conversation? And then responding and reacting to that. When I've hit my low parts, my low points, renewing my mind to say, how long are you going to be there, Sarah? Nice. How how long are you going to be in that place? You know, um, when I feel that I've been treating unfairly, okay, how long am I going to sit here and be the victim of, the, of that person's unfair? Or am I going to turn that and say, you know, that was unfair. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure one, I never do that to another person. And number two, I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen to me again. I'm going to learn from that situation. So for me, oh, the word I love so much is renew or renewing. Mm. You know, it's funny. I, I've never thought of that word. However, you saying that just kind of really hit me with something I think and say frequently. And, you know, I jokingly say when I'm on stage that tomorrow is the day that all our dreams go to die. Yeah. And, and the reason why tomorrow is the worst word in your vocabulary is because every day you wake up, it's today. So when you turn around and say renewing, I look at every day we wake up as the first day of the rest of our life. I love that. I love that. Thank you for that perspective. So Sarah, it's been phenomenal talking with you today. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I know how busy you are. Uh, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you and reach out to you and contact you? Yeah, absolutely. I want to, I want to add one thing I want to, I want to yeah. share with you. My great grandmother passed away at 99 years old mm. and she used to say, Sarah, tomorrow never comes because tomorrow becomes today. So as you were sharing that, it reminded me of that. Um, The best ways to connect with me are definitely uh, Instagram. It's uh, team social light and the light is spelled L-I-G-H-T. Our website is sociallightllc.com and there's a contact bar in there. And I get all those emails. I know it'll say team at social light. So people think it's not me. I promise you that's me on that email. (laughs) Um, But that's definitely the to reach out to me. <laughs>
Oh, phenomenal. Thank you. I've had a fantastic time chatting with you. Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. And I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love for you to now jump over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. Both platforms, we have an immense amount of interaction. I jump in all the time and and I participate in the chat. Yes, I do. Well, sometimes. <laughs> and then last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and give feedback on the episodes and then find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute conversation on the schedule. Always remember this. Choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so that you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.